Welcome to the Hallorlandia News Summary. The past week saw the Pravo East Prevedivosh government's numbers in the same fall just below the halfway mark, following the defection of three members to form their own parliamentary group. Yaroslav Kaczynski had, in retrospect, well prepared the ground for such an eventuality with his recent cooperation agreement with Kukish Pietnastya. The government, of course, would be at real risk of falling only in the event of a pullout by Porozumienia, which often looks quite possible, or, in a less likely scenario, by Solidarna Polska. Meanwhile, Prime Minister Morawiecki found himself embroiled in some sharp exchanges with Israel's Foreign Minister over the government's attempt to implement a constitutional tribunal ruling to time-limit historic property restitution claims. It was but the latest example of the way in which the burden of history has cast a dark shadow over relations between Poland and Israel. The main news stories over the past week have included The Polish government is formally reduced to minority status in the same, as three ex-Pravo Isprevedivosh members form Wybor Polska. Israel's foreign minister accuses Prime Minister Morawiecki of making an anti-Semitic allusion in a bitter row over a proposed time limit on Second World War property restitution claims. Polska Dwatyszanse Pięcieszant faces criticism over a plan for a guaranteed income without having to work until retirement, later clarified as only for minors. And Poland marks the 65th anniversary of the 1956 Poznan uprising during communist rule. The Mateusz Morawiecki-led government was officially reduced to minority status last Friday, when three members left the Prawo Isprawiedliwość Parliamentary Caucus in the same, as well as the party itself. Their move reduced the government's formal strength to 229 in the 460-member lower house. There is no immediate threat to the government's survival, as they can count on the support of members not formally in the Zednichona Prawica bloc. Just last month, Jarosław Gajinski tied up an alliance with Kukish Pietnastya for the support of their four same members on an issue-by-issue basis. However, the move is symbolic of the recent tensions within the ruling bloc and of something of a decline in their overall political fortunes. In 2015, and again in 2019, the Prawo Isprawiedliwość electoral list was the only one in the history of Poland since the fall of communism to secure an overall majority. The three members involved, Zbigniew Zizinski, Margorzata Jankowska and Arkadiusz Czartoryski, cited energy policy as the direct motivation for their move, and in particular what they claimed was Prawo Isprawiedliwość rollback from the strong support they had expressed for the coal industry at the last election. Janowska, who will head the new group, commented that Prawo Isprawiedliwość went into the elections with the slogans of Polish Black Gold and was going to base their energy sector on conventional sources. She added that now the government is moving away from them. The two others also criticised the Polski Watt, saying it would harm small businesses. The three will now form their own parliamentary group called Wybor Polska, or Poland's Choice. A Prawo Isprawiedliwość spokesperson commented that we have a stable majority, 
although it is not formally visible, adding that what matters is how MPs vote. While in reality, the three same members may well continue to support the government in many votes, their attitude could become crucial should Yaroslav Govin lead Porozumenia out of the Zednechoina Pravitsa. In such a scenario, the short-term survival of the government would depend on the attitude of individual Porozumenia same members and that of small groups on the right. Meanwhile, Poland's most popular opposition party, at least according to the opinion polls, Szymon Hawownia's Polska Dwatyszansa Piętrzeszant, this week faced ridicule from its political opponents for urging the introduction of a guaranteed income paid on to retirement, with the party chairman claiming it would encourage people to look for a better job. Hawownia subsequently clarified that the proposal was only intended for miners and employees of the mining-related industry. Confederatius Szysztof Bozak commented that the head of his party has just announced that they want to pay everyone the minimum wage without the obligation to work. Unfortunately, they did not say where they would like to get the money from. Probably print it. A shared tragic history has once again this week served to drive a wedge between Poland and Israel. As on many occasions in the past, the issue has been one of differing perspective on historical justice. The current issue is the Polish government's proposed restitution law, which aims to bring certainty for property owners who run the risk of claims arising against their property, alleging that it was illegally expropriated during the Second World War or later. The law is intended to implement a 2015 constitutional tribunal ruling that there should be a deadline beyond which administrative decisions cannot be challenged. The bill doesn't specifically reference claims from Jewish families arising from the Holocaust, but rather imposes a 30-year statute of limitations, the longest allowed in Poland, on appeals against administrative decisions. Critics in Israel, as well as among international Jewish organisations, maintain that the bill will make it impossible for Jews to recover property that's rightfully theirs, having been taken by the Nazis and not returned by Poland's post-war communist government. After the same passed the bill last Thursday, Yair Lapid, Israel's new foreign minister, who also serves as alternate prime minister in the country's power-sharing government, described the bill as a disgrace. In response, Prime Minister Morawiecki said that, as long as I am the prime minister, Poland will certainly not pay for German crimes, not as lotty, euro or dollar. Lapid hit back saying that we are not interested in Polish money and the illusion itself is anti-Semitic. As well as a series of sharp political exchanges, each country summoned the other's top diplomat in their country to the foreign ministry for discussions about the matter. On Sunday, Poland's ambassador to Israel was called to hear of Israel's deep disappointment with the bill. On Monday, Israel's charge d'affaires in Warsaw. Tal Ben-Ari Yalon was called to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Under Secretary of State Paweł Jablonski said that the Israeli diplomat did not provide any new information during the discussion. Jablonski told reporters that the political discussion in Israel is dominated by attitudes that are either critical of Poland or even simply anti-Polish. Poland's ambassador to Israel 
Marek Magyarowski, responded in detail to the criticism of the proposed amendment to the Polish Code of Administrative Procedure on Monday. He claimed that it would end what he termed wild reprivatisation and circumstances in which owners who have been in homes for decades faced huge uncertainty and the risk of eviction, when restitution claims, many of which may be fraudulent, suddenly arise. He wrote that, after 45 years of communist rule, and more than 30 years since democratic transition, people who have never had anything to do with the war and the Holocaust now face eviction from the properties they had legally acquired and invested in. Magyarowski added that, in 2015, the Polish Constitutional Tribunal issued a ruling which basically put an end to these predatory practices. Now it is being implemented in the Polish Code of Administrative Procedure. A 30-year, non-discriminatory statute of limitations has been imposed, the longest possible according to the Polish legal system. The administrative procedures will be terminated. Nevertheless, all interested parties will still be entitled to file civil suits and obtain compensation, in a fair procedure before the court of law. The restitution law was passed by the same, with many opposition members abstaining, and will now be taken up by the opposition-controlled Senate, where the opposition have said they'll fix problems with it. On Wednesday, Prime Ministers of the four Visegrad Group countries, including Poland's Mateusz Morawiecki, held a summit meeting in Katowice. The meeting marked the conclusion of Poland's rotating 12-month presidency of the bloc, before handing over to Hungary. This week, commemorations took place to mark Monday's 65th anniversary of the 1956 workers' uprising in Poznan against the communist government, which was brutally suppressed. Flowers were placed at locations in the city associated with the events of the uprising, including the gate to the Sigelski engineering plant, where the events commenced. On June 28, 1956, a workers' protest march demanding improved pay and working conditions turned into a mass demonstration in the city, with over 100,000 people joining it. The government sent tanks and troops to suppress the protest movement, with 58 people being killed. Poznan's mayor, Jacek Jaskowiak, said that the events in the city were the first attempt to fight for freedom, all the more courageous, as it came after a period of Stalinist repression. The people of Poznan rebelled against an unacceptable authority in what was the first step towards the regaining of freedom and democracy. He added that this was in the face of a threat from the then Prime Minister, Josef Sirankiewicz, that the hand raised against the power of the people would be cut off. An open-air exhibition about the uprising is taking place in Poznan, and the Institut Pamięci Narodowe has produced commemorative material in Polish, English and German. In a tragic accident on Tuesday afternoon, five people were killed, including three children, when the car in which they were travelling collided with a truck in the village of Elzbietów, west of Warszawa. The truck driver was uninjured. Well, if anyone is feeling tired or overwhelmed by some of the hot and stuffy summer weather there's been in Poland recently, and to a lesser extent here, we've found a motivational item on which to end that should shake off any lethargy. 
On Sunday, a 91-year-old Polish driver, Sobiesław Zasada, finished a safari motor rally in Kenya. The achievement makes Zasada the oldest competitor in the history of the World Rally Championship. Motorsport Poland commented that his fight and determination on the toughest event in decades has been nothing short of inspirational. Never give up. Zasada has been active in the sport for nearly seven decades, taking part in his first auto rally in 1952. He's a three-time European rally champion. That's all for this week.